What's up and welcome to another episode of Black in the Maritimes. I'm Fidel and today we have two special guests. This is something very different. Usually we interview people of color and, uh, you know, we interview their lives and things like that. But we're going to uh, actually interview two people that are very important, but they're not people of color. Uh, but we are going to talk about a really interesting topic, which is on the line right now in New Brunswick, which is healthcare. And today we have Susan Johnson and Gerald Richard. How are you guys doing? Great. Thanks, Fidel. Thank you, Fidel. Very so, good. So, so we're going to start about the background, uh, you guys. So, Sam, can you tell me a little bit about your background? Sure. Um, I'm a New Brunswicker, uh, uh, and uh, I have um, lived in the province uh, most of my adult life and uh, formative years, as one might call them. Uh, embarked on uh, a bit of a journey in the year 2000 seeking further education, seeking a little bit of adventure and experience living in another part of Canada. And so I uh, moved to Northern British Columbia, where I had the honor of working really with uh, Northern Health, uh, a newly formed health authority. And uh, in the catchment area of our environment, 56 First Nations communities in the Northern part of British Columbia. So it was a very interesting opportunity to deliver health services across a wide geographic area. It, uh, it mimics quite a bit New Brunswick in terms of some larger centers, some smaller rural centers, things moved away from the center that make it hard for people to access. So there's similarities. I was there for 14 years, Fidel completed my PhD in nursing at the University of Arizona in Tucson, where I met with another group of interesting folks and learned a lot about uh, vulnerable populations, which was my focus of my PhD dissertation, and then moved to Niagara to take on the CEO role of uh, Niagara Health, which was a system in trouble and needed to uh, undergo a significant culture change. A lot of people don't know about Niagara, but it has a significant French population as well. So serving in both official languages as well. So again, larger centers, small rural and access being a piece of that. Back home in New Brunswick since 2021, my husband, John, and uh, getting resettled into St. John, our home, and finding my way to partner with Gerald on this really important implementation of the actions in the health plan. And so excited about retirement. On the other hand, excited about not retirement and doing a little bit of stuff. So that's a little bit about me. And I love dogs. All right. Uh, yeah, my, my girlfriend loves dogs too. So we have one that it's pretty... Uh... He's quite handsful for a little dog, but uh, pretty interesting that you were the CEO of New Brunswick, uh, I'm sorry, Niagara Health, uh, which we're going to talk about the provincial health plan and things like that, but we're going to go with Gerald, tell us a little about yourself and your background. Sure. Uh, thanks, Fidel. I am I'm, I'm in New Brunswick as well, uh, born and raised in, in a small town in eastern New Brunswick uh, called Rogersville, um, went to University of Moncton. Um, and became a teacher. 
So my background is teaching. I, I taught school uh, uh, very early on in my career and then switched over after a master's degree in uh, school administration, switched over to a principal's job. So I was a principal for a while and then uh, in the francophone sector of education in southern New Brunswick, exactly where I live now in Grand Barachua. Um, and uh, after after having been a principal, I became a superintendent of schools uh, in the Rishabaktu area, uh, a, a small district there. And then I did that for a little while. And then uh, in 2013, I had, or in 2012, I should say, I had the a call to see if I wanted to be an assistant deputy minister for the education system on the francophone side in Fredericton. So I accepted that, I accepted the challenge, and then did that for a little while and came back as a superintendent of a newly formed uh, district in the Moncton Dieppe area, did that for some time. And then uh, they called me back to see if I wanted to be a deputy minister of the francophone sector of education. So in 2013, 13, I started that, did that for until 2019, where I had a call to see if I, I could accept um, a new challenge, which was the health care, uh, the health portfolio in New Brunswick. So I became deputy in 2019, November. And uh, then not too long after that, the pandemic started uh, in March. And I did that for the last for two years. And back in November, uh, 2021, I retired from the public service and I accepted when I met Suzanne, uh, I, I think I could say we share some values and, and vision around healthcare. And I truly believe that we can make it better in New Brunswick for our citizens. So I accepted the challenge of working on the task force and now it recently changed, but uh, it's still, still basically for the same reasons. And I'll stop there. Today. Okay, perfect. So, okay. So I, you know, you guys are in this sector. Uh, you guys have this really cool plan, which is the, you know, but we're going to go from the beginning because again, right now, uh, if you haven't seen the news, uh, there's been some changes in the healthcare sector in New Brunswick, but I'm going to give a little bit of a breakdown for anybody that doesn't understand the New Brunswick healthcare. It's, uh, there is a French side, which is Vitalité, and there is an English side, which is Horizon. Uh, they kind of work together, but they don't work together at the same time. It's it, it's a it's a bit of a it's a bit of that, and because of the pandemic, uh, which is something that has happened, it 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 kind of hasn't cracked, but it's 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 facing his its turbulations right now. It's it's facing the the stuff. So, uh, Suzanne, tell us a little bit about uh, why healthcare in New Brunswick, what's the good, the bad, and the ugly of it? Okay, so uh, right off the bat, the good is it's locally based in community, which I think is a real strength, and it is um, distributed across the province. It has some great people that are working there uh, that we all know have had a lot of challenges in the last few years. And before, before that, the, as you say, the pandemic has sort of in fine Leonard Cohen fa fashion has uh, the light uh, shines through the cracks, right? And so those are 
I think some of the real strengths we have. So we have citizens, we have staff that want a better system, and we have a system of care across the province with opportunity. I think you just went a little. I didn't hear. How about you, Gerard? Sorry about that. Uh, well, it's a, basically, as I mentioned, we, we share the same vision and, and, and basically the reasons we accepted this is because there are challenges, but we see opportunities to, to work better in New Brunswick. And I really, Fidel, I saw this during the pandemic. To be, it's crazy, but I saw the collaboration that could happen. I saw the innovation that could happen. And when we really put our heads together, we could, we could figure these things out. And maybe... One of the biggest challenge for me and where the plan addresses that is, is access to primary care, access to a family physician, to a, a clinic, to a home, a, a, a medical home, as Suzanne calls it. Um, that is lacking in the Brunswick. And I think we can, we can do better. And it's not, I, I, it's not all about recruitment. It's about working differently. And I think there's opportunities there. And I really want to attack that problem that way. And I think we have some models that are working in the web. We just have to have, have them known and have them um, have bigger numbers of these. So. Okay. Yeah. That I do definitely do agree on that. I think uh, uh, there's a, there, there is a lack of like primary care, family doctors and things like that. I mean, and just to give it, not just to blame it on New Brunswick. This happens all over Canada. This not this is just not a New Brunswick thing. This is this is a Canadian thing. Some better than others, uh, but this is not not particularly with New Brunswick. But nevertheless, it's something that needs to get resolved and uh, and solved, right? Like fix. So for this this uh, provincial healthcare plan, kind of wants to do that. So tell us. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that. What's what is what is the task force? What what is the primary goal? And what are you guys are trying to do? And and, and how are you going to do it? So if you can start Gerald first, and then we can go to Suzanne. Well, the the when the plan was launched in November, um, there were five pillars. It was meant to be not too exhaustive as a plan. We didn't want everything to be in there uh, because basically the essential part of the plan, which I like a lot, is that let's build it together. Okay, these are five areas of work, primary care, access being one of them, for example, but let's not Let's not put all the answers that we think they should be. Let's go work together with communities and engage them uh, to see how we can build this. And this could be unique in different parts of the province because of different communities, different folks. So that is the basics of the plan that I really uh, like. Uh, one of the things that they said in the plan as well is that they wanted a task force, two people, um, to help uh, make sure that the elements of the plan, the objectives, the pillars, our work are evolving in the right directions. Okay, and to do that, uh, our role, uh, Suzanne and I, it was or is to uh, make sure that we have targets and measures to see if we're evolving in the right directions and pe hold people accountable for that. So that's basically how I see it. And also, you can't do that if you're really, and when I talked about engaging communities, for me, uh, part of our role, and it was clearly said at the beginning, 
Go meet communities. Go meet the folks and understand what they want from healthcare. And also, it's an opportunity for us to educate because a lot of folks don't understand what is access to primary care, how it could be, how it could different it could be. So that is an opportunity for me. And I really like that part of it because in my former jobs as deputy, we didn't have much time to do that. Now I have the time and I really appreciate it. And that's where I link again, Suzanne's experience, her vision and all that. that we, I think we formed a pretty good team there. So I'll let uh, Suzanne probably add on to that. Would you like me to add on, Fidel? Yeah, of course. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so um, like Gerald, I think um, uh, health happens in community. It's where people live, it's where people work, it's where people hang out, where their families are, and where they're building their sense of community themselves. And as a result of that, our, our forays, our initial forays into community have been really interesting. And uh, people uh, are, are so vested and passionate about healthcare and fearful that when people come to see them, they're gonna take something away as opposed to what can we build? How can we use what we have? How can we add on like Lego pieces, things that can improve the service? So for example, when we talk about having access to primary care, that will look different in communities across the province. In some communities, it may be a community health center where people come together that has a whole um, myriad of different kinds of providers that can provide service to people. People that can talk about nutrition, people that can talk about support for parenting, people that can talk about food security, all of the things that make a difference to the health and well-being in community are things that are important to health. So it's more than a place you go when you're sick. So that's an acute care hospital. When you're really sick, you need to go in, have something done, and you need to get out of there. It's not a place where you go to seek that primary care. Uh, primary care happens at youth basketball centers. It happens in seniors' homes. It happens when young moms gather together in Tim Hortons, healthcare happens. And so how do we capitalize on the strength of community? And that is by working with community. And there's so many different ways to do that. So we've just gone out there and we've met with uh, quite a few folks. Uh, we've met with a lot of the traditional kind of leadership people. And we need to get in underneath that, which is what we're doing as well and have all of those voices heard at the table. And so as we think about understanding needs of community and how we can realign services, how we can uh, make things work together and what we can add to that to support also attracts, I think, the health professionals we want. So it's interesting, today I read a great article about two young docs that just graduated from the medical program at the University of Moncton through Sherbrooke distributed program that are moving to Edmonston. It's a couple and they weren't going to go to Edmonston. They were thinking, I think of the Kingston Peninsula. And when they did their uh, locums and residency edu clinical education in Edmonston, the community welcomed them with open arms. They invited them to their homes for dinner. They showed them the community and the beautiful 
aspects of it. The botanical garden that's there, the ski hills, the joie de vivre of the, of the people that are there. And lo and behold, they felt a love for the team that they worked with there and they are going there to set up their practice. And so that's the model we want. And it, it, it has been demonstrated in other communities where you have that distributed education model where people study in a community and where they're welcomed and embraced, they will come back and they will practice in those communities. And you know the, the evidence is clear on that. So we need to do more of that. But that's the sense of really helping communities see how they can begin to become part of that process of ownership of their healthcare, also a voice in their healthcare, and the ability to participate in recruitment of professionals and making more of what we have and adding to it. Okay, so the, there's a part that I, I, I do appreciate what you said that uh, getting the community involved and, and getting what we have and, and getting it a little bit more to it. Like one of the things that we hear a lot about healthcare here is that there is some type of, I wouldn't say, red tape but like issues that the community does not get involved or cannot get involved in certain in certain aspects like for example we hear that you know people try to bring new ideas or put their communities uh kind of apart but they cannot do it this it's just simply it's, it's a long process it's it's complicated and and even people that are like community leaders are like we we don't understand what what we're going to do uh so Having that said, how can we make that, how can we get people involved without having all of those complexities? Uh, Susanne, if you can add a little bit to that. Well, Fidel, it, it really, in my view, is about um, being present with community, trying to understand it, and looking to see clearly what, what's the barrier that's in the way Oftentimes, those barriers are, are in our heads. We think we can't do stuff. Not all of them. There's definitely barriers to things. There's, there's uh, you know, you can't have everything everywhere, right? But how then do you think about transportation? So thinking beyond the barrier to how do we, how might we make something work differently? And so in my view, it is about listening and hearing and participating and also sometimes it's about saying that isn't going to work because because it isn't going to work however this might work and you know what that's where transportation and access comes to my mind when i think about the size of northern british columbia which is the size of france as a country i think about the lack of opportunity people have for access and then I look at New Brunswick, and it's a microcosm of that. How do we solve that problem? And so we need to think of new ways. And there are models out there in New Brunswick that are doing some great work. So let's find those. Let's talk about it. And let's see if that can be replicated or modified or done in a different fashion. And try to bring things to people that make it sense. You know, I always think of think back to my childhood, I think of the libraries on wheels. I don't know if you know what they ever were, but it was like the book truck. And it used to go to neighborhoods in communities and bring books from the library and you could borrow the book if you couldn't get to the library. So I think about breast screening. 
for cancer. And I think, how, how do we do that differently? How do we get a bus with the breast screening instruments and go to community and make that more accessible to people? So it's about solving problems together, seeing what needs are, and thinking about how to tackle and not tackle the waterfront, but tackle what's doable and start to work incrementally on solving things together. How about you, Gerard? What do you think about that situation? Well, those are good questions, uh, Fidel. And I think we, we are trying to manage healthcare in New Brunswick as if we were this huge province or country. Uh, what makes New Brunswick different is that we know most we know a lot of people, we know each other, and we like these little kitchen table conversations. And um, I think we need to shift the focus on trying to manage it the same way other big provinces or countries are managing it and really having uh, different ways to connect with communities and, 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 and the folks in there and have genuine conversations. And, and those conversations could be coming up with some innovative ways like the mobile that Suzanne talked about. That has not been happening. I think in theory, we understand that we should go there, but in practice, we, we've not been very good at doing that. And to do that, it's, it doesn't take a whole bunch of people at, because we're small, we're only 800,000 people and we can do this quite, I think, and maybe I'm a little bit rose colored glasses here, but I really think if we put our minds to it, we can, we can go around this province in a fairly quick time and listen to folks, but just not the one time. We need to find ways to do this on a regular basis. And uh, again, we're small, people know each other, we could capitalize on that. And I really truly think once we do that, and if we do it well, and, and we're not going to be perfect the first time around, and it's not going to be perfect all the time. But if we at least put mechanisms in place where we can do that and people feel that we are truly engaged and trying to help, I think we can make a difference. I think, and not, I'm not talking about Suzanne and I, I think as a whole, New Brunswick could be leading healthcare in Canada at, at the very least. I, anyway, I'll keep on thinking that way until I see differently, but I, I think we can. And we're on the right track. I agree. I think I think we we can. I mean, uh, one of the things that for me, again, I've been here for twelve years, and uh, I've, I've been in different places in different countries. And one of the things that amazes me here is that everything from I need to get a prescription for pain to I need to get such something as birth control. If you don't have a family doctor, you have to go to the emergency room. And I'm like. This could be in where I, I've been seeing places that there's like a local doctor or like a local or a doctor, a local area, area doctor. That's the, okay, the radius is 110,000 people. They have five doctors in that radius and people go to those and, and they get what they need and, and they, they have all the information. And if they ever move, they can share the information with the other doctor that's local to the radius. And I'm like, I don't see how that could not work here because as Darrell said, this is a small place. This is not huge, right? But it doesn't, like it, it goes to the fact that we have to go to the emergency room from the simplest thing. And what that causes is the emergency room is crowded. And then you don't get the, the emergency is only supposed to be for life and death situations, right? 
but we don't we don't get that in New Brunswick, right? We get like emergencies for everything that is like you don't have a family doctor, you have to go there. And for me, for me, that was always been a strange part. Uh, but yes, I, I do believe that that things like that, like mobile clinics and different things, could be easier for the for the community and talking to the community. And I think everybody would, you know, I would like a doctor in my in, near my radius. Doesn't matter who it is and has my information, and I, I would go there. Uh, so the, I definitely think that it, that there is a there is a way because we're not that many people. We're growing. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we're growing as a province. But we're not near, let's say, a Toronto, or Montreal, or even a Winnipeg. So it's like it's not it's not really there. So my my next thing is is like one of the things that we see about healthcare is like we need to have a little bit of patience because it takes time. Everything is not it's not uh, well done. It's not done right away. What does this plan entail? Does it have a length, a time length? Does it does it have like a structure of of steps and and how long will it take that to go? So Gerard and Suzanne, whoever wants to go first. I'll, I'll try first. Uh, I, I, there, on the time, uh, there is clearly uh, in the plan, it talks about the first two years. So we are trying within the next 24 months to put some things in place. But, but two years is long for some of these pillars. If we can hit the ground running on a few of those, like again, I'll bring it. I'll bring it again because I think there's a lot of things we can do and help in exactly what you were describing, uh, Fidel, on the primary care, uh, on making sure that people have a connection with a family physician or or a medical home. Um, I think if we can hit the ground running on that, a few things, and there should be some announcements in the next few days, hopefully, to try to help on that front. But basically, the timeline is about two years, uh, 24 months. But it's going to, if we're smart, this is a plan that should be evolving constantly. Once we find uh, different ways of doing things, we should adjust the plan to make sure it's that we attack those. Um, so I, I, I say two years because that's what's in the plan for now for the first five pillars. But I would, I would expect and I would hope that we keep adjusting that. As for the task force, as soon as we feel comfortable that there is uh, targets, measures, and we're evolving in the right directions and we have that comfort level, I think we should be uh, uh, taking a step back and making sure that the system uh, is sustainable and and does does the work it should. So I'll yeah. I'll leave Suzanne to to add on that. Right. No, that's a, I I really like your last point, Gerald. It's not about us running around doing this work. It's about capacity building. Right. It's about helping people um, move into community in a comfortable fashion and work with community just to. to to build that up. And as a healthcare professional <clears throat> myself, one of the things that I learned quite a while ago is that when I let go of the control that I like to keep to make sure everything works right and follows the rules and the procedures and best practices, when I let go of some of that, it works way better, <laughs> right? I mean, I'm there to support, to guide, to direct, but we need collaborative teams working together and people coming together to work in different ways. So as professions, uh, we all seem to have a swim lane. You do this and you do this and you do that. And there's really no reason why 
as a collective, we can't build on the strengths that every person brings to the table for the improvement of health outcomes in a community. And so pharmacists are a great example when you think, what can a pharmacist bring to a prescription? What can they bring to solving a problem for a young mom with a child with an earache at eight o'clock at night? How can they help? And, and so I think that the previous minister was um, mobilizing uh, some of those activities with the team so that pharmacists had more ability to work to their full scope. And there are other professionals out there, and I'm, I'm sure you know this, Fidel, that can do more than what we're allowing them to do because we like to protect our turf. And so it is sometimes about turf. So we need to mow the turf, take the fences down, and work more collaboratively with one another as we move forward in this work. Yeah, I definitely agree on that sense. And, you know, ask myself, and, and I want to uh, go to Gerard to that question. I know a lot about healthcare because I talk to a lot of doctors uh, and different places. I, I happen to have a lot of friends that are doctors, not in, not in the province. Uh, please, if you're a doctor, be my friend in this province because doctors and lawyers are needed. You need to know somebody that's one of those in this province. Uh, but anyways, I don't have one, so please be my friend. Uh, but Education is one of the things like I know it, but a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't know that they can go to a pharmacy, a pharmacy, you know, a pharmacy and talk to the head pharmacist about a very simple question. They're not doctors, but they do have certain uh, medical abilities that you could talk to them about that. They, there's different other practitioners that you could talk to me about health issues. But people don't know about it. People understand that the doctor is the know-it-all. The doctor is the one that was prescribed. The doctor is the one that's going to do. But certain things you there's like over-the-counter medication, there's telehealth, there's a lot of things that we can do that can avoid that, but a lot of people don't know that. How can we fix that? How can we educate these people to, to know that the, you know there's other ways of healthcare? Gerald, if you wanna expand on that. Sure. Um, well, I, I, we can't blame the society for going to the ER because right now that's, the, if you're calling to see about uh, filling a prescription, right now or do or you're sick you have to wait three months to, to see your doctor or family physician that is way too long that's why they're going to the, the er so there is a program in new brunswick called family medicine new brunswick um, it's been there for a while there's about 60 family physicians right now in this uh program about eight different clinics uh, we've met, Suzanne and I, a couple of these clinics uh, or, or family physicians in those clinics, one in Oromocto and the other one in Bathurst. Uh, I'll, I'll say his name, Dr. Paulin in Oromocto. They're a clinic of about seven or eight family physicians, but that's not the only people that are working in that clinic. There are there are nurse practitioners, there are nurses, there's a medical uh, office person that, that helps manage the simple reason that they want a better work-life balance, which is important. Um, they want to offer um, services within 24 to 48 hours. So if you call the clinic and if uh, Fidel is my family physician and he's not available, well, then you are 
you're going to be seeing either uh, a nurse practitioner or Suzanne, the other family physician, or, or someone from that clinic is going to be able to see you within the 24 to 48 hour uh, span. And that is, to me, working really, really well. But you have to be able to collaborate with folks. You have to be able to be uh, have that mindset. If you don't have that mindset and you're working as a solo practice, that's going to be a little difficult. Uh, but we have to promote, really promote this program across the province. And if there's ways to improve upon it, we'll find ways. And we can recommend as well to the minister, uh, to government, to see about improving that. But that is working right now. And it's keeping people from going to the ER. We have that data. And there's also a nice program that I'll let Suzanne talk about. It's called Nursing Homes Without Walls that is also about making sure that people age in their homes and, and connect the dots of different services within the community. When that happens, we see less folks going to the ER and we have the data to prove that. But um, Suzanne, I don't know if you want to add. Oh, for sure. Um, nursing Home Without Walls is, is pretty phenomenal. Um, again, community grassroots born led by a nurse researcher at the University of Moncton and others that have contributed to the model in the province. And Suzanne Dupuis Blanchard sort of brought it to life and drove it home. And we have a number of communities across the province that are engaged in that in rural areas. And I think the next move is moving that into a more urban model to see how it works. But it is about social support. It's about activity for people who are living at home, making sure that uh, they're safe, making sure they're taking their medication, having a meal, going um, by transport to a local residential care facility for a bath if that's required, for foot care, for a lunch, for an afternoon of entertainment and games. It's, it's pretty phenomenal. But, you know, back to your first point too, Fidel, about how do people know what to do? You know, people, people don't know what to do, right? I didn't even know what to do two weeks ago when I burned my hand quite badly in the oven. I thought, what, where do I go? It's not an emergency, but what, what other options do I have? I didn't know all my options. And, and I consider myself um, um, health illiterate, as we like to say. So it was a challenge even for me to figure that out. So one of the things that we want to get going on is really getting clear on social media every other platform we can think about in here today in, in, in creating um, information about know your options. If you have this, here's some options. If this is happening, here are some options. And getting that information out through a variety of channels, that'll be really, really important. And for the citizens of our province, the, the people asking their health professionals questions like, do you have a team here in your office? Do you, are you working with a team? Can I see another team member if you're not available? And, you know, demanding, really demanding that, demanding that you have a team and demanding that you engage uh, with other health professionals to offer that broader spectrum of service to the people that we care for. I, I think we need to ask more. Yeah, I, I agree. I think one of the, one of the things that I... I think we should do is uh, make sure that there's information available on the internet because uh, if you see the the help websites they're even kind of confusing themselves like 
there there should be just a question what do i do if i don't have a primary physician like that should be because that's a very common question and you should check what the options are and it's not very clear uh in our system right now uh because again there's horizons or vitalite but we are we're all the new brunswickers like that's that's the thing like I, I should be able to just go to one website one area get the questions that i need or get everything that i need and, and go from there and refer everybody to them uh but going to one of my last questions is like all of that is being done with, you know, it needs to get the government's approval. Everything has to move with the funding and things like that. Recently, we've seen a, a shakeup within the healthcare, uh, within the healthcare, you know, system. Uh, some people have been out. There's now a trustee, things like that. Uh, we don't know where this is going to go. But how involved is the government in this task force? Like, what? Uh, will once we get that, how involved in it, and and are they willing to to put in the the i don't know the resources i would say uh to get this done because again it, it it's all good if we tell them okay here's we came to the plan okay here it is the plan but will they do it will they enforce it like will will they put it to work and and that's one of the things that you guys are involved in that how how is that communication with the government itself well i the the, the shake-up on Friday, we, we are part of that, uh, Suzanne and I, we, we've been appointed uh, by the minister and government to be the trustees. And this is something, uh, myself for Vitalité and Suzanne for Horizons, this is something I take very, very seriously. Um, it, now we have the obligation, we, we always had, but we, we have a to make sure that we're moving and we're responding quickly and are being more nimble and adjusting what we need to adjust and improving what we need to improve. I will take this job very seriously, Fidel, um, to those that are listening, that make sure that I'm going to do everything I can in my power anyway to make uh, the improvements that we need. Um, we have a conversation we have had, and we are still going to have um, uh, weekly conversations, at the very least, with the Department of Health. Uh, there's Eric Beaulieu, who is Deputy Minister there, uh, works really well with Suzanne and I. We're going to be working with him on a regular basis. We've been updating government also through uh, the Minister and the Premier even, on a bi-monthly uh, frequency, um, th that shakeup, we're gonna be, Suzanne and I, with the two CEOs, able to be meeting, hopefully, on a very regular basis. This just happened on Friday, but we're gonna keep on those uh, that schedule to, to ensure that we do everything in our possibilities for the public of New Brunswick to have the best healthcare system. And that that is a fact, but we need to have um measures and those are probably the one first step that we need to do we need to know exactly what we're heading for what are those targets that we want to achieve like for the patient connect that i want you to have a family physician friend uh, within the next certain months or weeks hopefully uh so you're connected so when you have to call uh because you need to fill a prescription or whatever you have that uh, possibility and it's going to happen quickly, hopefully quicker than we think. But that is a great responsibility, but something I take very seriously and I want to make sure that I participate in that. Um, so I'll stop there. Uh, Suzanne, I don't know. In some, in some areas that we don't always need more money 
to fix what we have. We need to use our resources differently. I think we need more money too. I think we need to make sure that we're spending the money we have wisely and that we're doing our best to serve the population of New Brunswick with that funding. And there's a fair amount of it. And where we need to invest more, then we need to invest more. And we need to be um, very mindful of what that is. It's not about always adding on. It's, it's about how do we make the system work well? So if there's a great example of uh, a procedure or a process that supports really good patient care in place A, then why wouldn't we want to do that in place B and C and D and E? And maybe it needs to be tweaked a bit for local context, but how do we take what's working well and put it in other places? And that might mean then that once we've demonstrated this is as smooth as can be, maybe there needs to be an add-on in resource to that, or maybe the resource needs to switch to community, or it's about thinking about the wise use and spending what we have really, really smartly and making sure we're spending it on the right things. I agree. I think it's, uh, I mean, honestly, the healthcare system has been spent so much money. This is millions and millions of dollars. And sometimes it's, may not be the millions of me it may be okay where where are we spending this millions and millions of dollars like what what is it that we're spending it on and and i think part of it i i in my opinion it should be some transparency i think the people need to know uh if we have this budget where's where's it going to what what's it going from and and again i'm, I'm part of the believer that you know not everybody's going to be happy with with the with the result but i mean at least if you know and if you know where it's coming from, what where it's going to, uh, and that's part of, I think that's part of it. So I do agree 100% of that, Suzanne. So uh, I have two last questions because I know you guys are very busy because it's a it's a uh, a very busy time right now <laughs> for you guys. Uh, what do you tell the people right now of New Brunswick that are you know they are they are reading this on the news and, and they don't quite understand what's happening. Uh, what do you tell them? What, what do you hope the outcome will be? Uh, I will start with you, Suzanne. Um, I, I wanna reassure people that our focus is on community, that it's not in a centralized model of care, rather looking at how do we serve communities across the province in the way that works best for the communities? How do we maximize our resources so that we can do that well? And that means where can we collaborate and do things better? Then we should be doing that. I would um, definitely want people to know that I'm accessible and that I will hear, hear them and respond and that I care about, very much care about the professionals that are working in our system and wanting to support them and their work so that we can provide a really extraordinary experience for the people that we serve. And it's gonna take some time. If people are motivated to help us, even better. <clears throat> so we would love to hear ideas and, and you know what, reach out to us and, and help us. That's uh, something that we'll be making available in terms of how to reach us. We don't have those coordinates today, but we will be doing that. And just really, you know, 
it's going to take some time, but let's work together for this improvement. That's my message. That is, um, uh, I'll, I'll just, I can't say it better than Suzanne did, but I have to make sure that we emphasize the fact that this is community-based, it's community-led, and it can't be top-down. I really like what Suzanne said there. I think we have to shift that pyramid around. It's going to take some time. Um, we have, I think we have, I know we have government's uh, confidence right now, and we have the staff. I know we, there's still a lot of people that we need to go hire, but we, we have professionals working in the system right now. We just have to do it differently. And to do that, we need to have these conversations that we're having today. And that's going to take some time. So I'll, I'll leave it to that. But Suzanne really covered this question very well. Definitely appreciate you guys uh, being here to do that. Uh, again, this has been uh, a lot of people don't understand what's going on within the healthcare system. Uh, so, you know, to put it uh, to to put it in context, um, you guys are part of the new trustees of what was happening on Vitality and, and Horizon. Uh, there is an appointed new minister. There's an appointed new, you know, there is a transition to a new personnel. Eventually, I don't know if there's going to be another CEO. Uh, not not quite sure. If, well, I'm not going to ask that yet because I'm pretty sure you guys are still kind of figured it yourselves. Uh, but I do appreciate that the fact that you guys were able to come here and kind of explain a lot to uh, what's happening in the healthcare system in New Brunswick because it's it's such a vital part of our of our ecosystem. Uh, and I also do appreciate that uh, you guys are accessible, right? Because it's like a lot of people are like, okay, they, they see the government and they see uh, Blaine Hicks face in all the people, but they don't see the people behind working on it, right? They don't, they don't see that there's people that, are, that care and they're trying and, and they, they're human as well, right? That they, they're tough to say. And, and it's easy for everybody to just hand down the hammer and say, this is not working, this is not working, this is not working, but they don't see the work that's being in the back. Like they don't see the people that are in the back of it and try it. So, so I do appreciate that. And I was gonna ask you guys, uh, well, how do they contact? Where do you refer people? Well, you don't have that yet. That was my last question. Uh, I would definitely uh, would like, if you guys have any update, this is a platform, uh, just tell us what, and we'll, we'll, we'll definitely, uh, give you this platform to talk uh, again because this is so vital to minorities uh, and we are a podcast that's based to help New Brunswick especially the minority part of the of the province but we do have a, a larger audience that listens to it and and I think this is a very important topic so um, if you guys have uh, what would you recommend to people that are right now like where could they go to to different health sites if they want to know more about their health care get doctors things like that where should they go to, Suzanne? They should go. Well, that's a darn good question. I, I know the websites are confusing and very difficult. So you know what I'm going to do, Fidel? I'm going to send to you some of that information so that you can talk about it uh, on your next one. But definitely to the website of the regional health authorities, the two regional health authorities do have options on there. There's opportunity to contact them through email, and I think that would be the best place for that acute care side of the house. 
around mental health. There are absolutely connections through that website for mental health care. There's a 211-811 to call for information as well, the 811 line for information. And that is another way to connect. Um, There is virtual care opportunities for people to receive. So there's a number of things to do it. But, you know, average people that aren't searching and used to that are going to struggle with that. And we need to outline clearly a know your options uh, document so people understand where to go. What I will do, though, when we have our contact info, we will commit to sending that to you, Fidel, so that you have it and can share it with your circle of friends, even if you don't have many. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I I don't have any friends either, Fidel. I know what you feel like. (laughs) You, you have a dog, uh, but I, I will commit as well. I will commit to that as well. Uh, I think it's important that we give the information and I will send that to you, Fidel, uh, as soon as I have that new email. And if, if you know anyone and the people that are listening to the podcast, if they want to, to have some ideas of, of things, once we have that email, I would love to, to, to have other conversations as well, if with certain groups that are listening to your podcast and want to meet with Suzanne and I, we can make sure that we make it happen as well. So anyway, I hope you see that we really want to reach out and we need to hear what people have to say. Yeah, I'll definitely get 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 into that. I do appreciate you guys uh, handing, handing, you know, the opportunity for people to talk because I think that's needed. I, I definitely think that it's need people we need to be more, uh, how can I say this in the best way? Sometimes we need to listen and make sure that we have the actions, but we need to make sure that we listen because to the people that this service is going to, right? Uh, it's something that it's, it's, it's quite, uh, it, it is quite a, a bit of a complex system that a lot of people don't understand but a lot of people need and right now there there is a there is a lot to it and again I do appreciate you guys that you came here you explained it uh, very very well and I hope uh, that everything works because again as a New Brunswicker I want everything to work out right we all want it to work out we all want make to make to make sure and again uh, this is a platform that's open and if anybody has questions just uh, email us at blackinthemaritimes at gmail.com uh, don't forget to subscribe and rate us. And again, we will keep this conversation open for you guys. Thank you for thank you for coming. Thank you, Fidel. It's been a pleasure. All right, guys. So don't forget to subscribe and go to our website, blackinthemaritimes.com. Uh, thank you for everybody that's donating on PayPal and Patreon. We appreciate that. And we'll see you next time. Peace. <laughs>